episode of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. Well, now that it's been a couple weeks since Watches and Wonders, on this week's episode, we look back and take a look at some of the watches that stuck with us and some that may be coming to the collections sooner rather than later. So get ready and sit back because it's time for another episode of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. Welcome, everybody, to episode 67 of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. Uh, we have a very special guest uh, tonight because uh, Evan is off. We actually have in for Evan. Evan is back. <laughs> oh, oh, hello, guys. It's, it's good to be on here. It's it's a shame that Evan couldn't make it on, but uh, I'll do my best to fill in for, for him. <laughs> I know I got big shoes to fill, but I'll, I'll do my best to uh, to live up to the hype. You may not have on a bolo tie tonight, but you do have on a bandana, so that is enough B-neckwear for us. Exactly. A a non-traditional neckwear that's that's key to the Spangler vibes. Yes. I had to be safe getting my takeout Chinese, you know. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, we might as well start as we always do, and... uh, Spangler, since you're back, uh, let's let's go ahead and have you lead it off. Well, uh, nothing fancy on the wrist here. Just got my Black Bay 58. It's uh, been my constant companion because I've been uh, in Louisiana for the past few weeks doing some uh, clinical stuff. So it's kind of weird just having one watch on for two weeks. I haven't really done it in a long time, but uh, you know, it's I'm not complaining about it. So you know, that's what's on the wrist and uh, in the cup since it's been a let's say uh, a little bit, not really wild, but more than just your normal mild nights. The past couple of days, I'm just drinking some Louisiana tap water because, you know, it's a Sunday night. I'm relaxing, filling in for Evan. So, uh, you know, yeah, got to keep it real. So, yeah, that's uh, what's on the wrist and what's in the, what's in the cup. What bracelet is that 58 on? It is not on the Jubilee. It is on the stock. Uh. Oh yeah, yeah. I wish is. I keep looking down at it. I'm like, man, I just really want the deeply back on it. That's why he's he's Evan subbing for Evan, not Evan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can I can I can do a mean Evan, but a uh, mean impersonation, but uh, yeah. I'm not there all the way yet. You almost had me when you were talking about how you're how you're drinking tap water, but the lack of the jubilee, I knew that you were just an imposter. So close. Mm-hmm. So close. So close. So <laughs> close. All right, Buzzy, what have you got for us? Well, I am not drinking Louisiana tap water. I know. That's a shock. <gasps> <laughs> I'm back to having a Rob Roy tonight. I had one a couple of episodes ago. It's delicious. It's nutritious. I am uh, at three to one ratio tonight. Chavez Regal and Dolan Sweet Vermouth, two shakes of Fee Brothers Orange Bitters, and one Luxardo Cherry. The last one I have. Ooh, I know, I know. That's okay. That's a problem that can be solved with a with a trip to the uh, the wine store, which for some reason has plentiful stocks of Luxardo cherries and good vermouth. Uh, I stirred it in two jars this time. I'm actually going to get pay back. No, I'm going to get three (laughs) to get you guys your super, super hella belated Christmas gifts. (laughs) It's May. (laughs) 
<laughs> you might as well just wait until Christmas in July, Buzz. Yeah. It's gonna Prime be, Day. <laughs> it's going to be Christmas in May, and the traditional gift of Christmas in May is Luxardo cherries. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I uh, I think I probably will stick to the two and a half to one ratio. Can I taste the difference? Mm, probably not. But I seem to recall in my mind that I liked that mix slightly better. So that that's that's the cocktail report. On my wrist, Doxa 300T Sea Rambler. Roll, Rambler's Roll. I have this on a different strap. I have an orange Cincy Strapco elastic. Now has a white stripe down the middle. It looks fantastic with a Sea Rambler. It would look fantastic on quite a few of the colorways for Doxa because of that uh, that great orange minutes hand. I really like it, and I'm also super glad because I'd never actually seen one of these. Uh, elastic straps in use before so big ups to spence for showing me uh how his is set up over over zoom that's that's one thing zach probably should should have a picture of one of those things in use on the website would would help uh help people like me it's a new technology even though it's very old uh (laughs) just like the first time you put a watch on a nato strap there was just a little bit of uh scratch on the head mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. i'm with you yeah the uh he did a really good job with these i have to ask you uh the the um is it jack or meg that's on the strap you said it's one of the white stripes so which one uh, <laughs> <laughs> had to yeah <laughs> Wow. Even as a White Stripes fan, I didn't get that off right off the bat. Nor should you have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which was kind of the entire point. So uh, Take it home, Spence. All right. So you guys are going to see me mix a cocktail. Um, and I've been finding creative ways to drink different whiskeys. So the one you're not going to see me mix, which is one that uh, our buddy Sandy has uh, shown us before on Instagram – it is the um, Caribbean Reserve Glen Levet with some ginger beer, which is <laughs> very fantastic. Um, scotch isn't necessarily the most summery drink, but you get the Caribbean Reserve that's aged in the rum barrels with a little bit of ginger beer over some ice. It goes quite nicely, but that's not what I'm drinking tonight. What I'm drinking tonight, um, and you're going to hear me talk a little bit about this. Uh, we had our first Red Bargain together. Um in Northern Kentucky. Uh, we just went across the river, um, for the first time in like 14 months. So, uh, the wife and I actually hadn't been out. The The place we had has a nice restaurant. We hadn't been out in 14 months. So we got a babysitter and we went out and had dinner before, um, the Red Bar meetup at Coppins, Coppins, I think. Yeah. It's one zero one Oh two P. So Coppins, um, we had, I had a couple of cocktails and the one that I was enamored with, I'm not going to blend it up because I don't want to like bust out the blender, but, and I don't have the actual, um, bourbon. I have a different one, which is fine, but like old Forester's good. So is Buffalo trace. So I have in my stainless steel tumbler, a bunch of ice. So I'm just going to kind of eyeball this 
So I'm pouring in the uh, the Buffalo Trace. Uh, this was a slushy at the bar, but I also didn't know that 50 West, just down the street from me, makes hard lemonade. What? So you mix the bourbon and the hard lemonade over ice. Um, we actually were over at friend's house last night too. They invited us over for a little cookout uh, for the Derby, but nobody remembered that it was the Derby. Oh, that's a um, sin. Uh, which was kind of funny. But the funnier thing was actually the reason I did this was because the grocery store didn't have mint of all weekends to not have mint. They had plenty of simple syrup, but no mint. Um, so we made these. And uh, yep, I, I wanted to do a little uh, little 40 and 20 crack the uh, hard lemonade on air. So I did that. Um, that but um, if you want to blend it up and make it a slushy, it's fantastic. But uh, the two mixed together, uh, any bourbon that you think would go good with some hard lemonade over some ice, also quite excellent, quite tasty. That's that's very interesting. Yeah, we it's delicious. Drinking. So um, we Sounds we good. we were ill prepared for the derby uh, yesterday. Also, mm-hmm. and I, my my wife ran out to the grocery for a couple of things, and I, but I just said, "Hey, if there's any fresh mint whatsoever, uh, could you could you get some?" And absolutely zero except there was one actual mint plant left. Yep, that's what they had. So, and I didn't it, the ones that I saw all looked terrible, so I didn't buy it. Okay. Well, we we did top tip to anyone listening. Uh mint needs to be planted in a pot because it yes. grows like crazy. It is a weed and do not plant it anywhere that it can get out. Anyway, I, I did have a, uh, a mint julep last night. I was I, I was barely done. It wasn't contemporaneous with the derby. It was after after uh, uh, my daughter was to bed and everything because barely got done with chores in time to watch watch the race. But I I was uh, I'm out I'm out of God, I am out of practice making mint juleps, and it really hurts my soul. I was once very, very good at making them. Not so much so, anymore. I asked I asked my wife to see if uh, – because I've been doing a lot of yard work lately, and we have planters or pots kind of halfway sunk into the ground in the backyard. But that's where she plants her herbs. One of those is mint, like you said, Buzzy, keep it in a pot. Um, our friends, Mike and Abby, the previous homeowners there didn't do that. And like, they had like an entire half of their yard was ground covered in mint. Um, and their dog liked to use the bathroom there. So we never used that mint. <laughs> wise, but wise yeah, very wise, but there was what there's one of the herbs has come up and is like a foot and a half tall. And I, I asked her to check outside to see if there was any, she goes, no, I don't think we have any. I don't, it's like, and I was, I was back there today. I was like, ah, son of a. I bet that's the mint. I bet that's what it is. I didn't look. It could have been mint and parsley look similar enough from a distance, like from mm-hmm. 15 feet, which is as close as I got to it. So it could have been the parsley that came back. Could be the mint. I don't really know. Uh, I also didn't go up and smell it because there's a dead giveaway. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm drinking. Parsley um, on my wrist. Huh? Yeah, parsley julep. No, actually, it's the uh, it's the uh, it's the not slushified slushy that I had the other night. They did have a mint leaf in it though uh, at the, which was cool. It was good. Um, I'm not actually wearing my own watch tonight. What? Wow. It's uh, on loan from a bro, um, <laughs> our buddy. 
uh, who was at the Red Bar meetup, and I always mess up his uh, his his handle, um, but it's it's Nick, but not Nick and Nax, which is an easy one to get. It's hold on, I'm gonna look him up. Uh, R e n c r n eight. I don't really know what any of that stands for, uh, Nick. But Nick was kind enough. Well, slash, he's also selling this, so he's he's trying. He's working on the deal. <laughs> I have on his yellow pogue, Ooh. which on the stock bracelet, everything functions. Uh, the the chronograph resets mostly to zero i did not realize these had an internal bezel that turns with the crown like these things are just cool it wears really well it's a little thick but like it's it's a pretty awesome chronograph on a nice jingly folded link bracelet um it's really cool i have uh this watch and rachel was interested in one of his uh old school tutors that i had actually previously tried on and she liked the 38 millimeter yeah. uh, jumbo that he's got. That he's also trying to sell. So he made me take that one home too. So I've got both of those on uh, on loan till at least the next red bar because uh, Nick's trying to sell them. <laughs> so, um, but no, this thing was really, I've not spent a significant amount of time with any of these old Seiko chronos. And I have to say, uh, I like it. It fits, fits really well uh, by modern standards. It's not huge. It's not like it's got a nice thin mid case. The movement, just all the different things going on, the rotating bezel, the 30 minute counter, the day, the date that you push everything. Like it's just, it's kind of, it's just cool. It's just neat. Um, I didn't even realize it had an inner rotating bezel until I started turning the crown, um, trying to set it, which was cool. So like, I guess that's how you track the hours as you line up the, or yeah, that's how you track the hours as you line up the uh, marker with the uh, hour hand as it goes. That's cool. Yeah, I had yeah, no clue. It's, it's great. Yeah, it's one of the uh, forgotten moon watches. I dig the Pogue. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, space watches. I don't know if it went to the moon. It definitely went to Skylab, though, that's for sure. Yeah. Yep. Which is yeah, great because, like, uh, for some reason, that whole meme of, like, when you went to space a Soviet and came back a Russian has been going around this week with, like, the Russian guy from the space station looking all PO'd. Uh, so space related, I think mm. it's a great meme. <laughs> how, how, Spence, do you know how much he's uh, selling that poke for? I do not. I, at one point, oh. I knew he's got this one, he's, he's got a salesman. Blue well, he is a really good salesman, he's gonna let me get attached <laughs> to it and then tell me how much he wants for it. Um, so we'll, we'll see. But uh, if I know around what he's look, looking to get for the tutor, but we will talk, we, we won't talk about that on air. That's not for, for public consumption. And the funny thing is, is since the, we're talking about this more than 23 minutes into the episode, he may actually hear it. He was joking with me about that. Yeah, he goes, he goes, your episodes are getting, they've gotten really long. And he goes, I just don't have as much time as I used to. He goes, and I can't, for some reason, listen to you guys at two X speed. He goes, so I only get like 25, 30 minutes in and I have to go back and catch up. So like, he'll, he'll catch this part. <laughs> Anyway, Spence is also putting himself in a rough position because anybody out there listening to the podcast that's interested in either of those things, uh, you know, <laughs> you know the Instagram handle. Make an offer. Oh, yeah. you know, put put Spence oh, yeah. on the hot, Make an hot offer. seat. Take the blue one. Take the blue one so I can keep the yellow. <laughs> He's got a blue pogue too. Um, 
but yeah, he's got a, he's got, I've tried both of them on. He's had them for a while. I think actually I've tried them both on at one of the last red bar meetups we had before COVID. So hmm. yeah, he's had them for a bit, but yeah, this is cool. It was nice of him to let me just, you know, walk out with him, um, which is pretty cool. Like I'm uh, the yellow dial is pretty spectacular with the, uh, the Pepsi bezel. Not going to lie. It's an interesting color combo to uh, say the least. Mm-hmm. Well, that it works. really is. It really is. It does. Yeah. Oh, it completely yeah. works. I also like that the Japanese were practical and thought chronograph, timing stuff. Uh, they're going to show you how to get 50 miles an hour. So like it, it, the, the tachometer goes down to 60, but instead of that first tick mark being like 450 miles an hour, it goes from 60 down to 50 and then back up to 250 miles an hour because that's more reasonable than like 400 plus miles an hour. So, I mean, I guess unless you're going to space, but you know, they, they did not, I know this watch did, but they weren't intending it. And how can you tell miles in space anyway? There are no markers. There's no way to know. Not the that tachometer. you know. Tachometer is useless. Not that I, yeah, they, they, they throw the knots out the window and catch them and count them as they go at exactly. a million miles an hour. Just like boats. That's right. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. Well, we should probably get into the fresh form finds. Maybe. And since Buzzy was teasing his earlier about being all about it, Buzzy, why don't you go ahead and lead us off? Okay. Everybody, get ready. This is a journey into the wild known as Reddit, the uh, watches for sale subforum there. <laughs> I found something that miraculously it's a couple of days old and miraculously it has not been sold yet um so caveat emptor and all those great latin phrases uh we've got a grand seiko s b g x 337 that's the quartz grand seiko diver this ooh, this one is uh on offer for Two thousand five hundred American dollars, which are worth less and less all the time. Money printer go burr. Uh, this bad boy, <laughs> this bad boy has a blue dial, uh, yellow seconds hand, and uh, yellow numbers on the reho. So it's not the just like the black uh, normal colorway, and it looks pretty sharp. And I think that uh, lens. Between that and like the K shape and the crazy, crazy hands, there's just kind of this like rakish air uh, to the watch. It's in condition, like it's in watch that's been worn condition, right? Like the bracelet has scratches on it because that's what happens when you use a watch. It gets scratches on it. Um you know, it does have the uh, slick uh, Seiko Toolless Micro Adjust where you um, put the safety um, part of the clasp, like rocket, away uh, from the clasp and it slides uh, in and out. I've, you know, if you haven't seen one of these in person, you know, you might find a video um they're not nearly as good as like a, a rolex glide lock or monta uh but 
they are comfortable. They give a heck of a lot of adjustment. Uh, it, I would put them on on par with the micro toolless micro that's on my uh, Doxa. Um, honestly, so twenty five hundred bucks. I've never seen one of these in person, but I think I would take a flyer on it if I were in the market for something. I mean, that's not exactly chump change, but it's also not exactly expensive in this weird ass hobby that we have. So, and, yeah. and also, you know, even if you didn't bond with it, I'm sure that you could get out of it for that same amount. Uh, the only downside I can think of is it is like 44 millimeter diameter, maybe it's 43 and change. Uh, it is relatively thin at 13. Why doesn't say Grand Seiko make a diver at like 40 to 42 millimeter diameter? I'm just assuming they hate our money or they don't want to be accused of like anti-competitive behavior by killing X, killing off Rolex with like yeah. a superior yeah. product yeah. that you can actually purchase. So, you know... As soon as they decide to grace us with uh, something that's just slightly less of a chunk, uh, it, it's all over for everyone not named Grand Seiko. Well, and it's funny, like you mentioned that toolless micro adjust and the one that you have on your Doxa. The interesting thing about that is, as much as I like the one on the Submariner and the one on your Manta, if you're using it for its intended purpose, the one where you can adjust it without having to take your dive watch yeah. off your wrist on a boat or in the water, probably a good idea. <laughs> uh, agreed. Agreed. Which is how, well, how I've written it. They're like, they do it this way so that you don't have to take it off. And it's like, you know, being near water with something that is steel or tight. I know Grand Seiko makes a bunch in titanium too. Either way, they're both going to sink pretty quickly. <laughs> um, probably a good idea. Just in case. Just in case. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the use case on, on those is far, far better. Mm -hmm. Agreed. But yeah, I, I think it's pretty cool. I hadn't seen the, the blue dial with the yellow before. It's it's very fun. I would I would check it out. Definitely. All right, Spangler, what have you got? Uh, well, you know, we are talking about toolless micro adjusts and we're bringing up doxa a little bit here and since i'm a, a certified doxa fanboy or at least the original evan is i you know as the replacement i can only assume that he must be a really big doxa fanboy <laughs> uh which means i must be a doxa fanboy yeah so uh i was uh scrolling through his favorite type of place uh which we all know is ebay of course yes <laughs> and you are uh, good at being evan <laughs> you, you, you've, I've you've done got, a lot of research for this. Got big, big he's he's listened to so many episodes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, uh, you're trolling eBay. I like it. It's it's our favorite thing to do. Um, and stumbled upon one of my favorites. Maybe not. It's not everyone's cup of tea, but it's one of my favorites. Doxes in recent memory that they came out with. Uh, it's the sub two hundred T. Uh, I guess graph, if you want to include the whole title for kicks. Um, 
and it's coming in at 3900 which for these it's you know we I've definitely seen them lower before but then again they don't really come up too often um so it is on eBay 7 days left so by the time this episode airs it should still be available if you're interested in it um looks pretty good a couple scratches around it but then again it is a doxa so you know these should be worn at least i wear mine i know buzz wears his so some of them do get worn uh but the thing that i did not know about these watches and it seems so strange but these ones actually have the toolless micro just on them as well uh even though the other uh limited edition watch- watches they came out with uh did not have it on so uh that's another perk if you're going this this chronograph route um so yeah 100 percent feedback too so it's uh apparently a good seller you're not the first person to bring up a, a sub 200 t graph on the show i feel like i did one of those a month or so ago i i think i think i believe you did too and i think i went on like literally that night after you mm-hmm. talked about it and it had already sold so yes I want to say it was like thirty-seven fifty, but it was on the rubber. It wasn't on the bracelet. Yeah, that, yeah. I was gonna say because I feel like I've seen them a little bit cheaper than thirty-nine. And actually, this one, funny enough, because uh, I was on Watch Patrol actually hunting around to see if I could find any more of these. Uh, and this watch actually had come up for sale before uh, on that. And this is being sold from a jeweler. That was from a private seller beforehand. So I guess at some point it traded hands to this jeweler, and they have since marked up the price. About $300. I think it was 36 before, uh, and they've marked it up $300, which, you know, isn't too much, but still. Right. It's a little bit of a premium. Uh, but if you're looking for one of these, they they don't come up too often for sale. They do uh, not. As with, as with a lot of the uh, limited edition doxes. So if you want to jump on it, go for it. I give my seal of approval. I also give Evan's seal of approval, too. So. <laughs> Okay. Before before we move on, top tip. On Instagram, the hashtag Doxa is mostly not Doxa watches. And it's a lot of really like crazy stuff. Um there's like there's a film festival, um, there's some churchy stuff, but then there's also this place in Brazil that makes pizza cones. Okay, so like an ice cream cone, but made of pizza. It blows my mind. <laughs> I've never been to Brazil. I've never been to South America, anywhere in the Southern Hemisphere. But I think that if I ever went down there, I got to hunt down one of these pizza cones. Because pizza they cone. look incredible. It's it's brilliant. And I'm so glad that, that the hashtag Doxa is random ass stuff including a, a place that sells pizza cones <laughs> all right wouldn't it be Not even that, more incredible if you wore your doxa to get a pizza cone yeah. it would be it would be excellent it would be it's only fitting yes oh, so I got. all right mine's a bit off the wall um and i've known about this watch for a while uh Actually, as I was getting into the hobby, I somehow stumbled across this one of all things. Not this specific one, but this one, this type of watch. I have an Omega Speedmaster Teutonic reference 1450040, which is a very uniquely designed caliber 861 Speedmaster that they made for the German market in the 80s, I believe. 
Hmm. So it's it's this goofy bad boy. Like just uh-huh. it's a moonwatch kind of, but it's yeah. also it's just it's go- they're just different. Um this one's a little bit like it's you can tell it's worn, but I mean it's a it's an older watch. It's apparently at one point it's been serviced. Um mm-hmm. but like uh, a little bit of a little bit of history. This was apparently the same one featured in a worn and wound article, so take that for what it's worth. Um, I can verify. We 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 can verify if that's accurate. Uh, the gentleman who has this on watch you seek has seven hundred and thirty nine posts. Um, this has been out here for a while, um, but it looks like it's still available. Um, reduced to twenty five hundred from twenty six hundred. So there you go. Just it's just such a weird looking watch. It's just kind of it's cool. It's it's a different design of something that we're all very familiar with, which I think is pretty neat. Um, so that's what I have. It's a uh, Omega Speedmaster Teutonic. So just, uh, just interesting. Yeah. 2,500 bucks. Go for it. Funky designs from, uh, notable watches and watch brands or watch exactly. Brands. I'm all for it. Why not? You know, like it's, it's one of those things where you're just kind of looking at it. It's like for all intents and purposes, that is a caliber eight, six, one Speedmaster. just does not look like it. But it still says Speedmaster on it. It just it's the, the whole idea. Oh, we made this for the German market for like a few years. Like, <laughs> okay, cool. Why'd you guys do that? I don't. I don't know. Somebody thought the Germans would like this one better than the Moonwatch that we all know and love. I guess. Um, Why not? It was the eighties. Yeah, it was a crazy exactly. Time. <laughs> it's yeah. what I've heard. I don't remember much of the eighties, but uh, <laughs> neither do the Omega R and D guys. Yeah, no, no kidding. I would think for different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully i mean i i was i was at most four in the 80s <laughs> so wait no three three yeah three yeah i was three in the 80s at most okay but buzzy may have been four in the 80s you're you're yeah. not much older than me but i know you are a little bit you might have hit four just old <laughs> enough yeah, <laughs> just but old not, enough to hit four, but not old enough to do the things that the people that greenlit this watch were doing. This is accurate. <laughs> this is accurate. <laughs> yep, yep. Ooh. <laughs> uh, it's uh, audio medium, so you all can't see that. Uh, yeah, but you know what we're talking about here. <laughs> yeah, you do. It was the eighties. <laughs> it was the eighties. <laughs> anyway. Um, I do just want to, before we move on to the other topic that we're going to get into a little bit, just want to say it was absolutely fun seeing everybody at Red Bar Cincinnati the other night, uh, which was two nights ago. So if I'm remembering correctly, let me uh, just, you all know who you were. There were 12 of us there. Uh, I tagged you all in the post. So go follow those guys. Although not very many of them post that much watch stuff all the time. So maybe don't follow most of them. Um <laughs> But it was hysterical because, like I said, we went to dinner at the restaurant before they get the meetup in like the the little uh, – I guess we ended up moving into the bar because it got really windy. Um, but like I sit down and uh, Motor John sits next to us. Like he gets – like we we get seated and he walks in and I was like, where's your wife? He goes, oh, I'm meeting Mike and Nick here. And I was like, jeez. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he sits down with us for like 10 minutes until they get it was just it was fun and of all things like i'm sitting there 
and Rachel's trying on his Black Bay 58. He's trying on her Black Bay 30. Like, she's not even there to do this. She actually ended up going home um, after dinner um, and not hanging out. And she was trying on more watches than I was initially. She had on, like I said, she had on Nick's Tudor Jumbo 38 uh, Tudor, um, which was just, it just, it was, it was fun. It was a good time. It was great seeing everybody. Um, it seems like other red bar groups are starting to kind of open back up depending on states and vaccinations and things like that. Um, just like if, if you've not gone to a watch meetup, go mingle with your fellow nerds. It is not, I don't want to say a life changing experience. It's just, it's fun to be around people who have the same crazy hobby we do. And I will say you get to see absolutely crazy stuff. So I got to try on, uh, DC Gallenstein's, uh, Langa it wasn't on a NATO, but it was a Langa. I know he's a big fan of Langa on a NATO. I got to see his his Glass Huta original as well that he just picked up. His overseas that he's also got. Um, I got to actually see Soul's face uh, because when he recorded with us, I was having technical difficulties, so I couldn't see anybody. So I got to meet him and see him in person. And I think of all the watches I tried on, he had a, he had my favorite. It was a vintage Jenny diver alarm. So essentially it had to only be like 38 millimeters, something like that. It wasn't quite the full on docks, the size It definitely wore smaller. I think I, I've got a picture of it. I'll show you guys, but he set the alarm and it was just like this awesome mechanical buzzing sound. Like, and the, my reaction, he's like, he's like, everybody has that reaction when they do that. Cause it was just like, ah, that's hysterical. It was just like this little, like little, like cricket on your wrist. It was amazing. Uh, that I think had to be my favorite out of everything just because it was so unique and so cool and just like you knew what it was, but like it just it, it was like it's like, wait a minute, well, how does this work again? Um, just like a fun, a fun technology for the time. So that was just that was just neat. I was just it was just good to see everybody. Um and Buzzy got a strap. Zach handed me Zach, Zach tucks a strap into my my jacket pocket and I was like, wait, he goes, he goes, No, 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 this is for Buzz. I said I'd mail it, and I never did. <laughs> <laughs> so buzz i was over at buzzy's house the other day we were up in his neck of the woods um up at a park so i dropped it off so zach if you're probably not listening but uh buzzy's got his strap appreciate it sir <laughs> but yes go meet your other local watch nerds it's a ton of fun there's my plug um and i guess we will go to uh mr buzz who has the uh the topic for the evening all right before we launch into that, a quick aside, I have always had a soft spot for alarm watches. I've never experienced one. It seems like such a gratuitous complication uh, that it just seems like fun. That's one of the things that the new uh, Tudor advisor, I always wondered why that never gained more traction because like the new advisors just festooned with with stuff right the the old one was a fairly plain and simple alarm watch and then the new one has a lot more going on um i don't it's just know big though so yeah that might I, be why i think it's like 42 it's a lot of dial i don't know that it comes on a bracelet and it's not cheap no it is i mean i know you can always get a discount on them but like it's not cheap it is and yeah and uh at 42 when there's no external bezel is like a pie plate uh, yeah. on the wrist. It's a lot of dial. It's too bad. Has has a lot going for it otherwise. All right. So uh, 
we were trying to come up with topics for the night and uh, I was wondering, I can tell you guys uh, a few of my thoughts, uh, but now that we've uh, had some time, Watches and Wonders has, has come and gone and it's a couple of weeks old now. I was wondering whether any of the timepieces uh, re- released at Watches and Wonders uh, was still kind of haunting your dreams. Uh, are any of these things possible buys f- for you uh, later on, or it, you know anything there just seem interesting? Catch your fancy when the event itself is going on. I mean, it's just nonstop for days and days of a whole bunch of new stuff. I find that when you give it a couple of weeks, it gives you a little bit of clarity about you know what thing actually um, you know might be interesting to you. So I guess I can start on this one. the The one piece uh, it's very relatively prosaic. I keep going back to that um i think it's a moustacardier but the solar beat tank Mm -hmm. i think that thing is going to be a hit and a half um that is a cool idea for a movement especially on a watch that is not necessarily your everyday watch i think there's uh there's something good, um, you know, on a grab and go to have have a uh, quartz uh, movement. Now with the solar, that is kind of a not quite normal quartz. I mean, I have a uh, I have a an Eco Drive Citizen that I hardly never wear. Um, it, it definitely likes sunlight more than. Um, artificial light so if you just sit it in the in the uh, window for for a couple of days every now and then it, it, it stays charged up really nicely but you've got you've got that classic cartier tank which is something that always i thought looked cool but obviously i i'm typically not dressed up so that that's I don't think that rectangular watches dress down as well necessarily. Um, but I, I just think it's a, a screaming value prop for 2,600 bucks. Uh, you know, you, you can easily get rid of the vegan watch strap and put like a, you know, whatever one you want on there. Um, that, that one's the one that sticks with me. I, I think that that might, you know, I might buy one of those at, at some point. Uh, I always had a, a desire for a rectangular watch just because I thought that's, they're pretty slick. So really it's, it's either a Cartier tank or a Reverso. And uh, it just makes a lot of sense to me. What are you guys' thoughts? Yeah, Buzz, I... I agree with you. I I love those new Cartiers. Just most useful. I, I love the um, they they come in different dial colors, right? As well. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I love the fact that they, you can get the option for the dial colors, and I love the fact that they're just they're so minimalistic and they're so Cartier, but you get that added feature of it being solar, and it is quartz, which you know normally I tend to steer away from, but it doesn't have a second hand, mm-hmm. so it's if you're looking for some of the functionality and you want that classic design of Cartier. I, I see nothing wrong with them. I, I honestly dig them too. I, I have no gripes against those watches. And the value proposition is there too as well. Oh, definitely. Completely. It, it, it's a, it just seems like that for, for like Buzzy said, you know, we all tend towards more tool watches. We tend towards things like that. So a watch like that with a movement like that makes a ton of sense because it's not going to be your everyday piece, mm-hmm. um, which I think is, is great. I think I think some people we know might be getting those. So we'll get a chance to see them in person yeah. in the next month or two, I would think. So that'll be fun. Be curious to see what colors they all go with. I personally think, you know, Cartier on the NATO might be kind of fun. Ooh. It's got to be a pretty thin NATO, I would think. I would think so, too. Yeah. He makes an 18. Zach does. So like, I'm sure we could find a, an 18 millimeter NATO that would fit. I don't know that you could get it on a bund strap, though. That's probably bad, for the best. I would agree. You would need a custom I know, bun I mean, summer. Yeah, the bun summer. God, that's just bun so summer. sweaty and gross. <laughs> uh, Keep thinking about it. Ruminate on that. I don't want to. So I'll I'll go ahead and go next to get to clear my palate. I mean, the two all the tutors that came out. I've tried on the ones that I like. That that Chrono is good, but that's not the one that is kind of sticking with me. When when Buzzy brought up this topic, I was like, okay. I've seen pictures of the Breitling pistachio that make the green kind of softer, which makes me more intrigued. I want to see that in person. That's not the one that I'm going to say, though. Hmm. It's 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 one of the ones from a company that's always kind of been in my blind spot. It's the smaller version of the big pilot. Mm-hmm. Something about that oh. at 43. I, I love the massive crown. I absolutely love it as a three-hander. It comes on a bracelet. Uh, the bracelet has toolless micro adjust now, which I guess if you're putting it over your flight jacket or whatever, you know, as a pilot, it, it just, there's a level of intrigue. The, the blue dial option is absolutely gorgeous. Um, I want to see one of these in person. Um, it's still, I, I think for what it is for a 43 millimeter three-hander, still probably too expensive, even on a bracelet. It's, it's just, but like, there's something about that watch and it's weird. Like I... I wore my El Primero two days in a row and I'm like, man, 38 millimeters makes a ton of sense. Like I absolutely love that watch on the bracelet. That size is unbelievable. But at the same point, I also like wearing my Tudor, which is a bigger watch. I had on my fast rider this, this afternoon, which is a bigger watch. The Seiko I just bought the, the SRQ 029 is a pretty thick watch with 40, it's 41. It's, I don't want to say that like I'm tra- like I'm bucking the trend and going towards bigger watches because I still have like some of the smaller ones that wear like a glove. I wore the um, SPB 149 on Friday. It's great at 40 millimeters. Mm-hmm. But like I think if the watch fits your wrist, you can have different pieces for different things. And to me, a big pilot at 46 is just too big. Like I, I don't think I can pull that off with a seven inch wrist. But at 43, I'm intrigued. Like, that's one of the ones that I want to be like, all right, I don't think this is ever really going to happen, but I want to go try it on and see if like, maybe it's one of those things you're like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I could be wearing a smaller version of the big pilot. Maybe that could be a thing. 
don't know. It's just it. It's one of those that I just I'm intrigued by. I want to see it. So, so you're saying the IWC had your curiosity, but now they have your attention. They might. <laughs> they might. <laughs> I yeah, I agree. The when when that came out, looking at the pictures, re- reading the release, just that was smitten. Also, that's that one's got a display back. Also, and a pretty gorgeous movement. Granted, I don't spend a whole heck of a lot of time looking at the backs of my watches, but eh, counts for something. But man, it is still eye-wateringly expensive. I have such a hard time figuring out what the value prop on IWC is, even assuming that they execute things to a grand seiko level it's still pretty rough knowing that you could have like 14 lacos for <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah i mean it's almost submariner money <laughs> it yeah it, oh it really is With, without the benefit but i think you could get the, it well and without the benefit of the completely absurd market dynamics of subs of said submariner yeah but the thing that i think what that, that could eventually happen though th- th- what this will do is i'll like that and now again i, I still don't seem i st- again i still think it's a pipe dream i don't know that buying either of these really makes sense but what could end up happening is is the blue dial 41 millimeter pilots chrono could because compared to the three-hander big pilot, that pilot's chrono is a little bit more of a value proposition. It's still kind of expensive for a, a – at least it's now its own in-house chrono movement. Right. Yes. But like I could, I could, I could justify that on a bracelet even more than I could the, big, the small big pilot on a, on a bracelet. Yeah. I, I, I like the idea of IWC's stuff. Um and anyone, anyone that produces a La Petite Prance uh, watch is a okay with me. That's a fantastic book. But um, I don't know. I've, I've never had a Flieger though. I toyed around with with getting a Laco, like back during my first bout with uh, with the watch hobby. Um, you know, like any illness, that one went dormant for a while. And then I, you know, started hanging out with Spence more and it came back to the surface. Um, Evan, you, have you ever had a Flieger? I, I have not. I Same with you, Buzz. I've also toyed around with the idea of having one. But just for some reason, it's just never stuck with me. I, I like the idea of them, but just me thinking about them and researching them it sort of uh, <clears throat> dies away after a day or so. I don't know what it is. I like the design. I like everything about them. I like their history, but I just haven't found one that uh, seems to speak speak to me. You just don't want to be a part of Flieger Freitag on uh, Instagram? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hashtag Flieger Freitag. Uh, yeah, okay, I, I, apparently not. <laughs> das stimmt. Um, Toll. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
What about you, Spangler? What what is uh what is stuck with you from uh, Watches and Wonders? So, you know, Buzz uh, gave us the uh, prompt for tonight, and I I contacted Evan to see what he was uh, up to and what he uh, wanted me to say for this, and he wanted me to talk about his love for the uh, two tone Rolex Explorer because obviously that was his favorite watch because it's such a it's such a great watch from a great brand. He obviously loves that watch. And he just praised Rolex for making it because everybody wants a two-tone Explorer 1, right? The wait lists are going to be crazy. Um, so that's what he said he wanted. Um, I'm going to go in a different direction, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for a second there, I thought you were going to be out here like like playing up the two-tone Explorer. like The 36... 36- now, granted, the 36-millimeter Explorer I'm intrigued by because it's all of the 36-millimeter ex- Explorer goodness without the crappy old jangly bracelet. Mm-hmm. So that might be one that I'm interested in, too. Okay, and, not, and everybody yeah, no. listening at home didn't see both Spence and I were, like, mouths open <laughs> gasping. Like, as, is he really going to do this? Is he really going to be hyping up the two-tone Explorer? The he, first no. two-tone watch I'll ever hype up. No. This is this is the wild card Absolutely aspect not. that you've been missing the past three episodes yes. without Evan. Yes. No, that thing is absolutely disgusting. It should be thrown away. Um, <laughs> so, I'll, I'll give an honorable honorable mention here to a watch that I absolutely just adore from a brand that I think is doing just amazing things, and they I think sort of knocked it out of the park um, during this watches and wonders. Uh, but it's the Breitling Daytora. Yes. Uh, it's their triple calendar chronograph Patek Philippe. Well, you know, basically a Patek Philippe 2499 homage. Uh, but the salmon dial on that watch is just fantastic. The design is amazing. Uh, I love everything about it. I do not love the fact that it is $13,000 for <laughs> the stainless steel uh, and twenty five six for the uh, 24 karat gold on straps uh so uh, it's a great watch well designed it's a little thick but uh the price is uh kind of putting me off of that watch so if there is one that stuck out to me that is reasonable uh and something that i you know honestly it's such a strange watch it's so strange but it's such a such it could be such a fun summer watch um uh, the one that like really stuck out with me was the Oris Cotton Candy, I believe they're called. Yes, yes. Uh, all all bronze, all good, and almost edible. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but no, these watches just stuck out with me. The dials are fantastic. Maybe not the pink one for me, but the uh, the blue and I guess teal ish green. I don't even know what color you would call that. Um, but they look great. Uh, there's, I don't know. They just stick out. They're strange watches, all bronze with these crazy dials. It's something that Oris would do. And I applaud them for doing this kind of crazy stuff. Plus it's 38 millimeters. So, uh, all you wisses out there will, uh, be okay with it. <laughs> those are an absolute ton of fun. I actually would love to see, see those in person. Um, just because I want to see what that bracelet's like. Yes. I want to see what it's like. And I want somebody to have one and have it patina a little bit and see what that's like too. Because the, the Fratelloris that I've got is patinaing very nicely. I like Mm it. The, the, uh, the NATO strap that they included with that. (laughs) I really like the, uh, the leather that it came with because like it, it's just, it, it really complements the watch. Well, um, 
The only downside to the NATO is obviously it's got the underpass, so it makes it wear a little bit taller. And that watch has such an amazingly thin mid case that I love how it hugs the wrist. That said, that NATO is amazingly comfortable. It's really well designed. Uh, the keepers are are actually nylon, and the top one you can move it, so like it's like it's like you don't have to worry. Like it's just it's it's an awesome strap. Like absolutely, I didn't know that I would be wearing it as much as I probably am going to this summer. That said, I would love it if they came out with a bronze bracelet that fit that. So yeah, like I don't know if this one would do it. Maybe, but like I want to see a bronze bracelet that's patinaed in the summer. And see how like does it get stiff? Does it like I, I'm very intrigued. Like I want to see these. Yes, I would love to see them too. Uh, they're apparently slated to come out or, or available in June. So we've got a couple of local places, at least in the Cincinnati area. If you're listening in Cincinnati, there's a couple of local places. I think uh, what James Free is one of them. Are they? Or what? What one am I thinking of? The one in Kenwood. That's Jared. Just to get Jared, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what yep. I'm talking about. Not James Free, Jared. Um, yeah, so they're slated to come available in June, and I would love to try one on too. Yeah, I I'm yep. very intrigued, very intrigued. Yeah, plus you know the bracelet retails for twenty seven fifty. You can probably get that down a little bit because let's be honest, it's an ore, so not the most unreasonable price. For an all oh bronze yeah! Watch. Oh, for yeah. an all bronze watch, like a cool summer, like just yeah, hundred meters of water resistance, dive bezel, like I that they were, and the bezel is full bronze as well, which I think is great. Like, there's no mm-hmm. additional. The only color is the dial, which is great. Yeah, and that's the right price point for a just like funky fun watch, because it if it bumps up to kind of the next, you know, five grand-ish pricing um, segment, all of a sudden it it gets a lot more difficult to be like, all right, I'm going to spend 5G on something that's just like fun and and absurd. Well, let's let's talk about it. That's like your Cartier's, all the fun colors of the Cartier's. It's right in the same kind of price bucket. And, I can remember reading somewhere that now you can say what you would say, but like the people who there's a certain segment of customer for like a Jeep Wrangler that yes, now there's the Ford Bronco and and there's some other ones, but like the non-off-road customer, but the person who's kind of like looking for their fun car. And in some ways I've read this somewhere that like, a Jeep Wrangler isn't competing with other SUVs. It's really kind of competing with the Mustang or a Camaro mm-hmm. or a Challenger or price-wise probably not the Corvette because those muscle cars are usually closer in price the, the Corvette's a little bit higher you know some of the other like sports cars like true sports cars like Porsches and things like that are significantly higher but like a pretty well optioned Wrangler that's like that's V8 that's Mustang GT money so like Very much so. you're looking at like like up until the Bronco came out there the, the people who wanted off-road were like, like, I kind of want something fun to drive on the weekend. Is it, is it doors off like SUV? Is it top down V8 convertible? What is it? So it just, it's kind of like the, I don't want to say like competition, but like, like Buzzy's talking about that kind of like 25, $2,700 price point. These Oruses are the fun, colorful bronze watch. The Moustacartiers are the colorful dress watch with a matching strap. Like there's just kind of the whole, it's not my everyday watch, but it's my fun 
watch that I'm going to grab. Um, and I think they both kind of play in that same space. Yeah. And I also like brands being able to like give people options color wise. I think that's been lacking for a long time and now brands and especially, you know, let's be honest here, blue and green have been like the predominant colors of late and to see these kind of like strange, funky colors starting to pop up. I, I like it. It's not for everybody, but you know, neither I'm is sh- LeBron's watch. I'm just yeah. shocked that nobody picked the Patek 5711 1A, you know, the green <laughs> one that really stuck. One that really stuck. Yeah, something that I think I might uh, add to the collection. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just. It's got a spot, a spot in the watch box waiting, right, Buzz? That's right. Quite. Yeah. Quite. Yeah. No, that was uh, that was fun. I, you had us going with the Gold Explorer. <laughs> yeah. That's what, that's what Evan wanted me to tell you guys. He was, was for some reason, really into the uh, Two-Tone Explorer. Because the thing is, like, you're the wild card. That's what we've been missing recently. It's just the, yeah. the wild cardness to the podcast. The fact that we both thought, tonight. the fact that the fact that we both thought you there was a sh- solid shot you were serious. Um, I think <laughs> I think tells everybody uh, kind of where where we were. But uh, anyway, what is? I, I guess we'll just post it to post it out to everybody. Like, message us what have been your watches from watches and wonders that have, have stuck in your head. Maybe there is somebody out there who's all like all two tone all day. I, I can't say all because like two tone is not all one thing actually. So that doesn't really work, <laughs> but maybe somebody <laughs> is going to come out and defend um, the two tone uh, Explorer. Well, I mean, I know Danny Milton did on, uh, on Hodinkee. So Danny, if you're listening, you want to, you want to come on and tell us about the, why you think the two tone uh, Explorer is the way to go. I mean, be our first person from the dink on. Don't get me wrong. I love Danny Milton, but after you put out that week, week on the wrist with the Submariner, uh, that cringeworthy video, I, you know, his, his opinion has taken a small step down for me. Well, maybe he's not coming on then. <laughs> After, like I thought we were going to, ah, there we go. And he brought us back. No, no. He has, he has to know that that's, that was a bad video. <laughs> If you haven't seen that week on the wrist, everybody go check it out. It's it's good for like eighty five percent of the video. The back half is very it gets strange. Well, I know what we're doing after we stop pressing record. Yeah, no kidding. So, well, Evan, buddy, it was good to have you back. Let's hear what everybody else uh, thinks of the things that have haunted their dreams from watches and wonders. And uh, I don't really expect anybody to message us. I'll be honest. Like I'm not really expecting any of that. I mean, there's eight of you, so I might one message, maybe. Anyway, it's uh, it's been a pleasure, Spangler. Welcome back, or substitute Evan. Tell Evan it was nice to have some of his opinions shared. Uh, we yes. will be you'll be, be watching out for week. the yeah. He'll be back next week, of course. Allegedly, he'll be back next week. He says that every week, and <laughs> you know we're not sure. Wild card. I think I think maybe the birds got him. But uh, anyway, we'll we'll catch everybody next week. See ya. listening to another episode of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. If you like what you hear, please take the time to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. We are enthusiasts, not experts, so don't at us. But you can find us on Instagram at whiskey.and.watches.podcast. Also, 
visit our website at zeitzwatches.com. Zeitz is spelled Z-E-I-T-Z. Zeitz.